The Athletic. G'day there and welcome along to the podcast that brings you all the big F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. I'm James Baldwin and this is the Race F1 Briefing for the 23rd of February 2024, brought to you by our friends at GridRival. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be summing up all of the action from the final day of F1 pre-season testing and looking ahead to how things stand going into next week's season opening Grand Prix. We've got a lot to get through and plenty of insight to bring you from our fantastic team on the ground in Bahrain, so let's get into it, shall we? We'll start off once more with a run-through of the final timesheet of testing, which for a second day in a row was topped by a Ferrari. This time, it was Charles Leclerc and not Carlos Sainz who was on top, the Monegasque lapping in 1 minute 30.322 seconds to finish 0.046 seconds ahead of George Russell and 0.325 seconds ahead of Sauber's Joe Guanyu who, like Leclerc, set their best lap times on the soft C4 tyres in the evening session. Red Bull's Max Verstappen, the day one pace setter, was fourth quickest, 0.433 seconds back from Leclerc, with the big caveat that he didn't run the softer C4 tyres. A look at the combined timesheet for all three days has Ferrari sitting one and two, with Sainz's lap from day two the outright best. If you were with us yesterday, you'll have heard us mention how Sainz and Leclerc are pessimistic about challenging Red Bull. And team boss Fred Vasseur was similarly realistic today, saying, We can't read too much into timings. It's better to be at the top than the bottom, but we know nothing of the other's fuel loads or engine settings. The most important thing is the feeling from Carlos and Charles. They are much more comfortable in the car, the car looks to be much more consistent and a bit easier to drive. So Ferrari aren't kidding themselves, and neither are we. We still think Red Bull have an advantage, but it's looking more and more like Ferrari might be quick enough to make it very interesting. What gives us that confidence is how strong Leclerc looked in race trim. With the majority of the final two hours of the day dedicated to long runs, that allowed for comparisons between the Ferrari and the Red Bull. Leclerc's 10-lap stint on the hardest C1 tyre was quicker than Verstappen's, though it must be noted that he had completed a stint before that and therefore was lighter on fuel, while Verstappen pitted for an extended time after his stint, making his fuel level hard to gauge. The racer's Scott Mitchell-Marm, who spent the final session of testing trackside, had this to say, The Ferrari has looked good every time we've gone trackside this week. Better than the McLaren and the Mercedes, not far from the Red Bull. These are only quick snapshots, of course, but it consistently passes the eye test. So with testing in the bag, we have the pecking order as Red Bull on top from Ferrari. But how much is that gap? With Max fourth on the timesheets, using his C3 tyres to set that time, a set of tyres that had already done an attack lap, the racer's Mark Hughes points out that the cars ahead of Max all used the C4 compound, a tyre that's around six tenths quicker per lap. So theoretically, taking into account all factors like time of day, and track temperature, Mark thinks that the Red Bull had a real advantage of four tenths over Charles Leclerc's Ferrari and George Russell's Mercedes over a single lap. The fact that no one approached Sainz's C4 shot of a 1 minute 29.9 from day two suggests the track may have been slower on the final day of testing. Correcting for tyres on day two, Sainz was ahead of Perez by a tenth, and on the final day, Leclerc was behind Verstappen by four tenths. 
Fred Vasseur has said that his team's tyre deg is a world away from last year. And Mark seems to think that Ferrari has given away some one-lap pace to gain race pace compared to last year. It also looks like the Red Bull had a really handy advantage over one lap, despite what we saw on day two. If we take Max's theoretical fresh tyred C3 time, a 1 minute 30.5 as a baseline, we get the following order of approximate one lap pace. First is Red Bull, with Ferrari and Mercedes four tenths behind them. McLaren is a tenth behind those two teams, with Aston Martin a tenth behind McLaren, with RB and Williams both a tenth behind Aston Martin, and finally Sauber, Alpine and Haas a tenth behind RB and Williams. With these gaps being so small, Mark thinks that it makes the order in the mid-pack somewhat volatile, but that will make for an intriguing first round at the Bahrain Grand Prix. And you can hear more from Mark Hughes talking about pace in today's episode of the Race F1 podcast. The Race F1 Briefing. To Mercedes now, where George Russell slung in a very quick time late on the final day of testing. As mentioned, Mark Hughes reckons on outright pace they might be right there with Ferrari, though it could be a little bit like last year where the Ferrari has easy access to its pace and the Merc has to work harder to find it. From the Mercedes camp, Andrew Shovelin, who's the team's trackside engineering director, was emphatic about the team's progress, with the positivity of his comments a marked difference from this time a year ago. He said, compared to last year's car, the feedback from the drivers is very different and more positive, which is encouraging. Andrew continues, saying that the team has worked hard to iron out the handling flaws that were integral to the W14, and it's great that we seem to have put a number of those problems behind us. Over the course of the test, we've made good steps on our understanding of the car. It's clear that we're in a much better position than 12 months ago, though. Mercedes has also made some noticeable physical changes to the W15 too. Our eagle-eyed photographers managed to capture one particular development, which Gary Anderson has dissected on therace.com. And don't forget that hyphen. In short, the team moved a part of its front suspension downwards on day three, which Gary says should give it more setup options and a better aerodynamic platform control. Whether they stick with this layout or not remains to be seen, but it once again highlights the incredible pace of development in Formula One, even during a three-day test. Head to the website to see a full pictorial analysis, including Gary's thoughts on the Mercedes rear suspension and why he has some concerns. We'll get to the rest of the headlines in one moment. But before we do, I wanted to tell you about an amazing opportunity to put your F1 knowledge to the test and potentially win $5,000 US dollars. Throughout the 2024 F1 season, the race is partnering with our friends at GridRival to bring you our very own fantasy league. It's free to join and free to play. And what's more, it's an amazing way to make watching each F1 race weekend more fun. GridRival is the original app for fantasy motorsports leagues, and it's the only platform built by race fans for race fans. Join our F1 league and build your fantasy lineup, then sit back and watch as it earns points based on real-world results. Who knows, you could be the lucky winner of $5,000 US dollars. And at the very least, you're almost guaranteed to beat my team. Sign up for free using the link in the episode description, and good luck. (laughs) 
Staying with Mercedes now, Lewis Hamilton spoke about his blockbuster 2025 move to Ferrari for the first time in an official press conference on the final day of testing. Lewis explained that he is ready for a new chapter in his F1 career, but is realistic about what that success will look like, saying that it's going to be a huge challenge as he looks to follow in Michael Schumacher's footsteps. Lewis only signed a two-year extension to his Mercedes contract in the summer of 2023, but six months later, he activated a brake clause allowing this Ferrari move, something Hamilton says was the hardest decision he's ever had to make. Lewis has been with or powered by Mercedes for 26 years, but it's clear that his sights are set firmly on claiming his eighth world championship. Ferrari to him, like to many, if not all F1 drivers, has a special allure. Lewis said, I think for every driver growing up, watching the history, watching Michael Schumacher in his prime, probably all of us sit in our garage and see the screen pop up and you see the driver in the red cockpit and you wonder what it might be like to be surrounded by the red. You go to the Italian Grand Prix and you see the sea of red of the Ferrari fans and you can only stand in awe of that. One of the main reasons the move happened is Ferrari team principal Frederick Vasseur, who ran Hamilton with his ART team in his junior career. It's clear that the relationship is still there and one can only imagine how strong it will become in 2025. But the 2024 season still lies before us. Lewis said to the press conference, unprompted, This chapter is still not finished. I'm still 100% focused on delivering for this team this year and trying to finish on a high. Will Hamilton be able to add some more silverware to the Mercedes cabinet before he leaves? Time will only tell. Well, the top teams seem to have mostly revealed themselves in testing, but what of the mid-pack? RB seemed to be an outside favourite to be at the front of that battle. However, when asked how the car was feeling, Daniel Ricciardo was quick to temper expectations. He said, It's just about exploring the car. Before testing, people were like, Oh, is this just the car that won the championship last year? No, it's not that car. I think the top teams have some legs on us in the midfield. Anyone expecting us to be on the podium next week? That's not us. We're not there yet. Aston Martin also feels like it's been a bit under the radar this week. After an incredible start to last season with six podiums from the first eight races for Alonso, technical director Dan Fallows, now in his third year with the team after leaving Red Bull, said that they are concentrating on the step that they think they've made over the winter, which he thinks the team have. So, so far so good from Dan. And it's also so far so good from Fernando Alonso too who thinks the car feels better than last year, saying he feels that there is more performance. And the great news is we don't have long to find out just how much performance is in that Aston Martin. Because just like that, F1 preseason testing has been and gone. The next time you'll hear from me will be next Wednesday, the first day of the Bahrain event, remembering that the race will take place on Saturday, not Sunday. In the meantime, if you want the full picture behind the headlines, don't forget to check out the Race F1 podcast. Ed and the team will be back with a comprehensive F1 season preview next week. Plus, if you're in the Race Members Club, there will be an extra Q&A episode dropping on Monday. 
And if you're not, we're currently offering a month free. You can sign up via the link in the show description. And as usual, there's tons to read about on our website, including Gary Anderson's Mercedes front suspension breakdown and plenty more. Thank you so much for your company today and throughout testing. I'm James Baldwin, and I'll be back with another edition of the Race F1 Briefing presented by Grid Rival in Race Week. The Athletic.